angels we have heard on high. Silent night, holy night. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells. Frosty the snowman. I got too excited about Frosty. Well, and I can't think of that was a good... I, I, I really got into it when you were seeing Carol Bells. Can you do it again for us? Yeah. I don't ever know the words. Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you. You're a singer. You're tossing. Can you hit that really high note in a holy night? Uh, I can. Does But I, somebody knows nothing about music. Does yeah. it not matter? Like, what, what do you you pick? Octaves? Do you pick ranges? What, what is that called? Key signatures. Key signatures. And so then, yeah. So if, if I picked a low enough key signature to start with, by the time I got to the high note, I could raise it to a note I could hit. Is that how that works? Um, probably, uh, it, but it all depends on range, vocal range, right? Yeah. So, um, even if you start, like, you can't start super low cause there are notes in your low range you can't hit. And okay. then, so it's like, I don't know how high the range, how far the range is in that song, but eventually it's like, if you only have an eight note range and the song has a 12 note range, it doesn't really matter how low oh, you start. Oh, I see. Out. So now there, aren't there eight notes in a thing? In an octave. A, B, C, D. I remember that on pianos. Uh-huh. But the, so 12 would be to go back into the letters again in the next octave. Yes. So you start back over the middle C and then you keep going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you can start wherever. Yeah. But then there are the black keys too, which are... Uh-huh. Half. Know. Yeah. Half steps. Mm. Well, that was exciting. Thanks for the music lesson. <laughs> I wonder sure, if Christ. listeners know that you taught um, music for years and that you're a great singer. They know you're a great singer because you've sung in sermons before. It's so exciting. <laughs> it's always surprising to me. I think of it as very normal, but... That um, you can sing? Well, everyone can sing, yeah. That is not true. I am empirically verifiable proof that you not everybody can sing. sang at the beginning of this podcast. I, yeah, but I mean, like, I... My mom, I got assigned a Christmas solo. Uh-huh. Um, in one of our plays when I was a child, and uh-huh. she honestly worked for me for months because she thought I might be tone deaf. Oh, okay. And, so, but how did it go? Well, you know, luckily when you're a kid, people just think it's cute. Yeah. And luckily, if you're bad, they kind of think it's cuter. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> that's true. I guess um, my philosophy, yeah, so I used to be a music educator before I went to seminary and started doing ministry. And uh, I, a lot of my philosophy... You know, I had a friend get on to me one time. She's a math teacher. And I was always, I always am telling people I'm bad at math, which is true. But she was like, I was in pre-P classes and took calculus and all sorts of stuff. She's like, you're not bad at math. Like, and actually women definitely need to stop saying they're bad at math. It's just you're not as good as, you know, as other people are or whatever. And that's how I feel about singing. Everyone can sing. And especially in like choral situations, Every voice helps. Every voice matters. There are sometimes people who should be quieter than other people. Okay, but let me, can I jump in? Uh-huh. Great analogy, but in my mind, uh-huh. which is not maybe right about this, like you're talking about a competency in something that's subjective versus something that's objective. Like, um, because like the, especially with math, uh-huh. the principles are concrete. Yeah. It's like, okay, with enough discipline, it's a conceptual hurdle. Sure. That I can get over. Uh-huh. Like I, uh, it's almost like a nature nurture thing. Whereas singing, it's like I just, my vocal cords are, biologically are formed a certain way inside of my mouth throat thing. Yeah. Where mouth they're not that's formed all in a way path. that's amenable to making that. pleasing notes according to the majority of hearers. 
Well, I think there's a difference between like singing a solo and just singing. I do think a thing I mourn deeply culturally is like the loss of um, casual singing. And, you know, like people used to just like sit around and it was like the entertainment for an evening would be like someone had a guitar and everybody would just like sing songs. Mm. And I think that the. What's the word? Like professionalization, like, or the idea that only the most talented people should ever be singing or creating um, art or anything like that. I think it's detrimental to all of us. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with that. I also, if I go back to my childhood, it's some negative reinforcement about my ability to sing that I think still yeah. haunts me. I, I, so I'm just always out here saying everybody can sing. Well, I, I'll take it. I'd love to be able to sing. Yeah. I also think that God kept me from being able to be musically think because I would be really narcissistic if I was any good at it at all. And I would have tried to pursue that in a career Okay. because I would love the stage. Well, everybody tries to sing. Uh, everybody tries to pursue that as a career. <clears throat> oh gosh. Even if they're bad, turns out. Well, well, also, I have a theory about um, that's true. American Idol tryouts, whether or not you think that you can sing mm-hmm. um, has very little to do with whether or not you're talented at singing. Hmm. I can I can get on with that because I had a lot of people try like a lot of students who were sure that they were God's gift to the earth. Oh, yeah. And they were, you know, decent. Some maybe. of them were bad. Yeah. I, well, again, I've seen the American Idol tryouts. I mean, that's yeah. good TV because it's so painful. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, thanks for um, indulging me on the singing thing there at the beginning. I hope uh, people loved our intro today. <laughs> okay. A uh, couple of things. We're in the Christmas season, Advent week two. How's your peaceableness going this week? <laughs> um, Good. This morning I got out of the house, um, which is a thing I'm – it's like a new practice I'm taking I on. love that. To start the day by like taking a walk or going for a drive oh, or good for you. something like that. Because I think it makes it easier to start the day when I get back to the house. Because I feel like I've done something. So that was fun. What about you? How's your peaceableness? Uh, I would say it's decent. I've really tried hard this year. Like my Advent practice is to take a picture each day of a moment that where I feel like I'm present to. Uh-huh. And I'm going to make like a... 28 day collage or whatever when I'm done mm-hmm. or 25 day cool and um, so that's been a good practice it's helped me slow down to like see the beauty of the moments when I'm in yeah well can I um, jump around a little bit yeah of course. so I want to talk about Christmas movies for a second okay I have a couple of, couple observations one I had white white Christmas on the other day love it can I tell you though what just really chaps my ass about that movie what okay Mary Wicks who plays Emma Allen okay. who is the like I don't know what you'd call her not the assistant or the secretary, but she helps generally wa- General Waverly run the inn in Vermont. Uh-huh. She's the one on the switchboard. Uh-huh. She totally creates all that tension in that movie unnecessarily. Unnecessarily. <laughs> and I get so angry. What do you mean? She, I well, remember. she propagates the lie that Bing Crosby is going on the Bob Hope show to expose the general. Oh. When that's not at all. What and if she it? wouldn't have been on the damn telephone like she shouldn't have been in the first place, none of that would have happened. Yeah. That's true. And I just get so angry. That's true. That's hey, why is she point. not held accountable after the fact? Like if I was um, Marianne Clooney, what's her name? Um, Betty? Rosemary Clooney? Yeah, Rosemary Clooney. Yeah. That like a normal moment in that a movie or in real life would be, she would why be livid. Why did you say that? Yeah. yeah why like did you you tell completely me that? lied and framed this, although she could have done her own research. That's she true. didn't really engage Bing Crosby to say, why are you doing this? I think that that's part of it is like everybody made some mistakes. And so nobody 
you know, uh, so instead of one person being held accountable for everything, it's a little bit like everybody owns their own complicity or whatever. Yeah. Except probably that original lady that you were talking about. She doesn't really seem to own complicity in any way. No. But I just love that movie so much. It's so great. It is so great. Christmas movies are really fun. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I've seen it so many times. Like, I watch it every year, which is rare, because how many movies do you watch every year? Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, the middle, where they do all the choreography, like, Mandy, uh-huh. I kind of tune out there now, and the whole Mr. Bones. It's that long. Skin, yeah, that it's stuff. It's a long that, segment that you're kind of, that's not really Christmassy. No. So, I tune out there. Yeah, reasonable. Uh, although, uh, what's her name? Vera, the lady who the played. The other lady. Oh, my God. When she tap dance. It's cool. Who can do that? Tap dancing is so cool, I think. Did you know Dula Hill can tap dance? Oh, the guy from West Wing? Uh Uh-huh. And Psych? Mm Mm-hmm. I did not know that. He can tap dance. Yeah. And there's a story that a bunch of them tell about him tap dancing with Yo-Yo Ma. Oh, I just watched the episode where Yo-Yo Ma was on. Uh Uh-huh. Holy smokes. Apparently, yeah. And a sort of outside of the show thing that happened was Dula Hill asked him to play something, and then he tap danced like alongside him, and they all just like... Talk about how amazing it was. Yeah. That was um, the episode because Josh is mm-hmm. discovering he has post-PTSD. PTSD. Mm-hmm. And Yo-Yo Ma is playing my favorite piece. Uh-huh. Is it uh, Beethoven's Fifth? No, no. That, that's... Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name. Box Cello Suite. It is a box piece, yeah. Um, it's in Master and Commander, the movie. That's when I fell in love with it. And Yo-Yo Ma plays it in that soundtrack, too. Oh, cool. Um, oh. Anyhow. It is really cool. Uh, well, I don't want to. I do have West Wing stuff. I want to jump there. Okay, yet. we're not. Going um, there yet. We're still talking Christmas movies. Yeah. Okay. Here's the other one. I finally, for the first time in my life, because uh, this will come to surprise to absolutely no one who knows our family, watched um, Nightmare Before Christmas because Mabel wanted to see it. <laughs> <gasps> I love that. So perfect. I feel first like. of all, I was very surprised. It's basically a musical. Yes. Very a lot of music. And I will say I can appreciate. I, I appreciate quirky art like mm-hmm. i like uh i can't say his first name hurt herner it's in me bosch he's the guy who i used for a hell episode okay. garden of delights it was that third panel from that um he's and i think salvador dolly is so these are both yeah. kind of quirky but i just so i like that part of the the art history but i just thought the it was too weird for me yeah i do think that um all my life i've kind of struggled because i like want to like things like that but the reality just is I don't. I don't get them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't. It's not the time. And, and for some reason, I really feel like I should, but I just don't. And I have to, like, it's been a process of weirdly of, like, coming to terms with, like, I just like other things and that's fine. That's okay, you know? But um, I do know a lot of people really love it and it really resonates with them and it's, like, their favorite Christmas movie, and so... Yeah, and I bet it has to do with when you see it, because, like, right, anything where you attach to as a child is always so powerful in your life. I saw it as a child. Um, Not a child child, but, like, when did it come out? I don't even look. It's old. In the 90s or early 2000s? Yeah. So I was an adolescent. I mean, I was a teenager at the oldest i yeah i took the plunge i don't think i'll ever do it again no not out of protest or anything no 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 i was like okay i tried that it seems really meaningful for some people well and and i love that for them right it's like it seems to to me to be like one of those shows that almost has a cult following like the princess bride or Mm -hmm. rocky horror picture show where Mm -hmm. it's like people very committed to a specific kind of storytelling and um yeah that's there but i don't i was like yeah 
I do feel that way, but it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show and The Princess Bride. I know what you're saying, but it's like I would. I'm not going to search out those movies, but if someone's like, let's watch this thing, I'm like, yes. If someone's like, let's watch The Nightmare Before Christmas, or that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm always just, I think I would probably be like, is there another film we can watch? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to watch that. Well, thank you for agreeing with me. Of course. It's always good when we can agree. <laughs> uh, okay. One more movie. Okay. So I have the same slew of a dozen and a half movies I watch every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas movies? Yeah. Okay. And... Guess which one really surprised me this year? Some years I'm like, I don't even watch it because I'm like, I don't have the energy this which year. Which one? Uh, Christmas with the Cranks. I've never seen that. Well, I don't I don't wouldn't recommend it because I don't know it's here or miss. Well, this is the thing that I noticed in my own evolution this time. Mm-hmm. And this is very appropriate for some conversations we've been having, not necessarily in here, but in life. Mm-hmm. So I remember the first time I saw that movie, I saw it in the Dollar Theater in Waco and laughed so hard. I love Dollar Theater. Oh my gosh. We saw so many movies when we were first married there for... Yeah. And I was laughing so hard because my mom is Jamie Lee Curtis in that okay. movie. Okay, okay. Is Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie. Interesting. And so I laughed for that reason. I was laughing at my parents. Yeah. Now this year, and this is the first year I had this thing, I'm like, I'm laughing again. And now I'm laughing because I am getting mm. closer to Tim Allen now. Yeah. Yeah, this does. We have been talking about stuff like this recently. Um yeah. Wow. What a life journey we just all are on. I Do you know. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, is it? Uh, so I've never seen it. So is I it think just it's like worth a watch. Like a dad? Yeah. And so the plot is their daughter for the first year ever is not going to come home. They have one kid for Christmas. She's going to the Peace Corps. So okay. they're going to skip Christmas. It's a John Grisham book called Skipping Christmas that was adapted for film. Okay. And wow, so Skipping Christmas is a much better title than Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah. So. Really, that's her last name, but um. But still, yeah, I agree. And so, like, they could've, could've they aren't name. just like not gonna like go on a cruise and be gone. They like they don't spend any money on any Christmas. They don't Christmas cards. That's the deal. They're not gonna do anything for Christmas until she comes back. Or and just... then they find out like that like the day of that she's gonna surprise them and come home with her fiance she met. Oh my gosh! And so there's this really beautiful scene where um, this is I, I'm not trying to ruin the movie, but this right. is the other reflection I had. So uh, Dan Aykroyd plays this guy named Vic Frohmeyer. Okay. who's basically the neighborhood. I love Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, he's like the neighborhood captain, so to speak. I don't know a better okay. word. Yeah. And like he gives this beautiful speech about like, hey, we're all pitching in. We're all going to – and like I'm watching this and I'm getting a little teary mm-hmm. because wow. I think it's the Terry Tempest William things about what does it mean to finally belong to a place. Yeah. And that theme is so robust in that moment. Uh-huh. It's also very funny because it's something he says I'm not going to – Right. But, um, but also the other thing I had is, one, I was reflecting on how I'm like – Luther Crank, Tim Allen, uh-huh. and that I can be very selfish. His name he's, is Luther Crank? Yeah. What a name. Yeah. He's then, like, he's, like, lamenting the fact he's not going to be able to go on a cruise. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like... They were going to go on a cruise? Yeah. Oh, okay. They were skipping Christmas. Okay. okay. And then she's, um, she's like, she's so excited her daughter's coming home, yeah. of course. And she, she's, like, mad at him that he would even think about missing his... Yeah. But, um, I was, so I was thinking about, then also, um... Dan Aykroyd and like thinking I think when I give my best gifts I can be like that Dan I could, Aykroyd? I could be like a neighborhood cheerleader uh-huh. and he's very middle-aged you know uh-huh. kind of this and I'm like and that's a beautiful picture yeah and I, I should I should love that I do think there's something yeah about uh, that there's something about getting older that helps you really understand the importance of um, 
community and like sort of cheering on the people around you and Mm -hmm. like rallying to make a special moment even if it's not for you or even if it's not about you primarily in a way that I think younger brains aren't necessarily always able to do yeah well you know and this is almost could be its own episode we've been talking a lot about this age thing uh-huh. we were talking yesterday about like twitter being the old man's game and instagram being the young person's game twitter and, is not i told you this is twitter no, is I know, not but, the old man's game no i know but like you shared that tweet once they were going to do fleets on twitter they still about, are trying to do fleets on well twitter. okay but what was the thing like twitter somebody tweeted twitter's for ugly people who i think it was yeah nathan um hollis tweeted like if they, I swear, if they try to make this app into Instagram, Twitter's for words and ugly people or something like that. And I just thought it was so funny. Um, so anyways, I've been locking all that in uh-huh. and thinking about the aging process. And uh, actually I thought it would be fun to do a sermon this summer when I turn 40 about turning 40. You're turning 40. Mm-hmm. But the the thing that is. That's like Toph's thing. Uh, turning 40? To be 40. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, Toph's the only one that's forty. I don't 40. know. Toph's forty. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, but what I was gonna say is, um, you know, we are conditioned to appreciate the gift of being young in our culture, yeah. but we are not conditioned to appreciate the gift of being old in our culture. No. And like the the real gift is like the wisdom and the beauty, and mm-hmm. you know, I think about this with like dads who have TikTok accounts about like changing oil and stuff. Like, yeah. Um, you know, whether or not people actually follow, us, I just think there's something. No, people do. Some of those accounts are like dads being like. This is how you change a doorknob or this yep. is how you change your oil. And people are always like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much because I don't know how to do these things. Yeah. Again, because our culture has so t- tuned into like professionalization of everything. Yeah. And so even some stuff that's like pretty basic, we never learned how to do. Or you think of like like home ec used to be a very large part of the like traditional high school experience. And you learned a lot of things or like a shop class or something like that. And we just, those things aren't really factored into our society anymore. But so when people know how to do them and share that knowledge, it's valued. So all of this I would put under the banner of like, I think I'm having some internal issues about accepting aging. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to learn to love what it is and love who I'm becoming. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, I, do you ever remember the first age you were like nervous to turn? I, it's such an artificial thing, but 40 is like. Really? Because I think of like 30s as still young. Yeah. I don't think of 40s as young anymore. No, right. Exactly. I mean, of course, I was excited to be 21. I was excited to be 16. I was excited to be 18. I think I decided, yeah. For some reason, all my friends lost their minds about turning 25. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. To me, it's like I'm still getting going. I, when I was. When I was 22 and 23 and 24 and 25, I was teaching and it felt for the first time it felt like and I still have such like a baby face Mm -hmm. that when I was teaching middle school choir, multiple times people said, like, what grade are you in at this school of 12 and 13 year olds? And I was always very frustrated by that because I was like, I'm an adult. I teach here at this school. And so when I was turning 25, I decided to become excited about turning 25 because all my friends had lost their minds and I thought that's so boring and stupid. And, um, and ever since then, I think I have, yeah, been on a journey of like all of my, not that this is like a meaningful thing, but all of my social media bios say something about like, 
uh, trying to reclaim the idea that adulthood is fun. Because I just Mm. think, like, it's very upsetting to me, the idea that some people perpetuate that, like, high school or even college is, like, the most fun time of your life. Because it's like, there's so much joy in those seasons. Mm -hmm. College for me more than high school. High school is, like, so anxiety-producing all the time, even though I had a great time. Um, But... It's like, you know, when people say like on someone's prom night or something like this is the best night you'll ever have. I'm like, that is so sad that Mm -hmm. like at 16, you've got three quarters of your life left or more. Yeah. And this is the best night you'll ever have. Like, yeah, I don't think that's true. And I actually I mean, for me, it is like a spiritual belief. Like, I don't think that is what the Bible tells us. I don't think that's what the gospel says. Like, there's joy in every season of life. It's different. No, that's true. My mom, I asked her, what's your favorite age? And she said they're all unique and special for different reasons. Look, Karen really knows what's going on. Well, the the trick is to be present to the specialness while you're in the middle of it. Right, yeah. That's always the really hardest thing. I think people say that a lot about kids too, right? Yeah. I have a friend right now who her kids just turned six and eight, and she just posted a million pictures of them when they were like one and three. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this is so sad. She's like, it's so fun. Like, I love them at this age, but also like, yeah. Can you believe they used to be this tiny? And I miss that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think too, it's like in some sense, the future is just as fleeting as the past is, mm-hmm. but it's, we have the sense that it's still coming. Whereas yeah. it's a sense of loss Yeah. when it's behind you. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, we need to keep going. Let's move on. I have another Christmas thing. Oh, great. Christmas cards are down this year. Down? Yeah, I can tell just where we are in the month and how many I have. Yeah. And um, I'm just not going to get as many. Well, I do think some of it is like, I mean, you're not the only one who hands them out at church. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I wonder if some people are just feeling like. Well, it makes sense. Like it's it's less easy this year to get a photographer, mm-hmm. however you're going to do it. It's, it feels more taxing to send it off to get them made or mm-hmm. however you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. There's more hurdles. But somebody else I was talking to this morning just said they think the trend of Christmas cards in general is going down. And it makes sense because any picture you get, not that we all do pictures for Christmas cards, are also available on the internet. And you can see them as people's profile pictures. And just say, like, Merry Christmas from us on the internet. Yeah. I like them, though. I feel like the last few years working at UBC is, like, I've gotten more than ever in my life. And I just really like them. Yeah. I do like them. I do like when people do unique things with them, though, too, which yeah, we don't. So it's like, <laughs> but like if they write a letter, or there's some kind of game or there's like they yeah. do a piece of art. Like I love the fountains. Yeah. When they would do, oh, yeah. Beautiful. Benny would do one. And then the Crawfords just do the best Christmas cards. Yeah. And I do like when people do like an update. Yeah. A yearly update. I love those, too. It does force us to get a family picture every year, which yeah. is really valuable for us. Yeah, of course. So, okay. Um... I saw that, that this is a big shift here. Okay. That the, um, guess who the, what the preseason opener is for NBA? The preseason opener? Yeah. I don't know. Wait, the season officially starts on the, on December 25th? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. No, I don't know. I know what the Mavs, the Mavs are, I think, playing the Lakers on that day, but what's the? The preseason opener is Bucks Mavs. Oh. <gasps> Oh my gosh! Yep. We'll have to recap it so much. Yeah, we'll have to recap it. It won't be great though. It won't start. We'll have Drew Holiday though, so it'll be interesting. How are you feeling? Hey, I saw one person projected uh, Luca to get the MVP this year. My heart would burst out of love um, for him. That would be so exciting. 
I am seeing it is very interesting. I'm seeing a lot of Mab's hate. Already? Uh-huh. Mostly from What are you reading? <laughs> Twitter. I oh, see I don't I'm not on Twitter enough to know. Okay. Um mostly from NBA Twitter is like a big it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Um but yeah. So that's I just oh, thought that was significant for us. It will be significant. Oh, speaking of sports, get okay. a, guess what other headline I just read? What? Uh, Olympics give breakdancing a spin in 2024. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, great. Breakdancing? <laughs> By the way, I really missed not having the Olympics this summer. I, I love the Olympics so much. And well, it takes so much work. Hopefully we will have a global herd immunity so we can have a 2022 Winter Olympics. I need that for my soul. I thought they rescheduled it for this summer. Did they? That's what I thought, but I could be very wrong. Oh, wow. Did I miss that? I mean, who could know? Well, but I did because I did have a friend tweet about it and say like, because it'll be like 2021 and then winter in 2022. Yeah. So that would be crazy. I love the Summer Olympics. I love so the Winter great. Olympics too, but I love the Summer Olympics more. I I would say I love them equally. I wonder if it's because I mean, so like all those wintery sport things. It's like I did not grow up in a place. Right. Where I you think it's about it's totally that about easily. that. Um, the summer Olympics are for sure a bigger deal. I mean, it's not even close. Okay. Um, so it's like I think that that's kind of the default position. Yeah. I think what makes up for for me is having grown up where I grown up and yeah. what the thing represents to me. Although there was a lot of ice skating in North Texas for reasons I don't quite understand. Yeah. Like indoor skating rinks or whatever. Okay, guess what? This morning I was listening to uh, Natalie Portman on Dak Shepard. Okay. And um, she said she was just listening to an episode on... Of our podcast. Yeah, that, that was it. <laughs> it. No, it was a podcast that Bill Gates is now hosting. Guess who his co-host is? I could give you a million guesses and you won't get this. I was so stunned. Okay, just tell me. Rashida Jones. Oh! I mean, how do they know each other? That and what an unlikely pair. To me. Yeah, but this is my point. Is it I made me think, because I also, you know, I've started listening to Conan, whom I love. Right. And I just found out somebody else has one. And it's like, podcasts are now the blogs. Oh. I really wanted ours to be number one in the world. And okay. now we just have so many more competitors, like Bill Gates. I don't think and any of those podcasts existed, at, started after us. And like Michelle Obama has one, Hillary Clinton, like everybody. I think all one. those people had podcasts before we started ours. Okay. I started mine though. My okay. first one. Okay. True. In 16. That's true. And when I talked to somebody about starting it, she had a very successful one. She said, um, at the time, you know, for like every podcast, there's like 10,000 blogs or something. Well, okay. now I bet it's opposite. So we should go back to writing blogs. <laughs> we do write a blog. I know, and nobody like, reads it. <laughs> nobody reads it. <laughs> That's true. But anyhow, so they've it's only so had, fun. They I only think have, we oh, have, I love we it. have fun doing it. I so. was going to tell you this is like a hobby for me. I get so excited on Mondays. So I'm like, I oh, get to podcast today, and I just love it. It's so fun. It makes me wish I would have done radio, although that's another dying form. Okay. <laughs> uh, somebody told me that I had a great voice for radio, but it always feels like a backhanded compliment. Why? Because it's like, well, it was a girl who was wanting to be an actress. Oh. And so it's you, kind of like. I'll be the actress. You could do radio. Yeah. She's like, you got a great voice for radio, which in theory feels like it's like she's being like, yep. don't yep. get in front of a camera, but you could do a radio for sure. Okay. West Wing. Okay. Last oh, thing. Yes. West Wing. So I had taken do a break. Do you know that it um, is coming off Netflix? 
Oh, I saw that one. I saw. I know. It was the same episode I'm about to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. I was watching it in the top left corner. Said this will come off on December 24th. Yep. Taylor, I can't get through all of them. I'm only in season two. I know. What am I gonna do? I don't know. Maybe they'll move it. Is it moving to HBO Max or something? Do you have it? Is HBO that who Max? bought it? I don't know. We'll have to research this later because yeah. I don't know. Well, it may be that I only get to see two seasons. Well, what a tragedy. Two great ones. Or I might have to go to DVD. <gasps> yes. So anyhow. I just watched the episode about the Chinese refugees in Christianity, and I think it was Thanksgiving. Shibboleth. I was going to get there. Yeah. So do you know that in 2017, I went to the Festival of Homiletics, and the opening, um, what do you call those, session, uh-huh. was Brother Walter Brueggemann preaching a sermon on Sibboleth versus Shibboleth. And I think, I'm thinking back, I think he might have made a joke about referencing the text, and I, th- I bet you a lot of money he referred to West Wing. The West Wing? Yeah. But that was such a beautiful episode. Uh-huh. So here's... Remind me of all the other stories. I remember the um, um There's the... Um, CJ has to sing the Thanksgiving song with the kids. Uh-huh. The president's going to make the appearance um, to do something. He has to go to Iceland the night before because he spurned an ambassador and he has to go hear a symphony. Oh, the Reykjavik Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, which that would have been great. Um, I was actually listening to a jig- or doing a jigsaw puzzle while I was watching, listening... Um, so I was hearing everything, but I wasn't looking up every moment. Yeah. Um, but then there was the shibboleth thing. He doesn't go to Iceland. He goes to, like, New York or something. Oh, okay. Oops. Um, well, I should have watched it <laughs> instead of just listening. But, um, you know, they're like – because then they talk to, like, I don't know what they're called, the immigration committee, and they're like, sometimes people are coached to tell these stories uh-huh. so that they can get under the guise. It was, so, it was, so then uh, Bartlett's like, I'm going to get him to say shibboleth, see if he knows the word. And so he gives this, and he starts talking. Well, but was he talking? I remember. I remember this story. I think he was just trying to ha- ask him for like a sign of real faith. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. But then okay. he actually says, "says Shibboleth. No, but yeah. this is setting this up. So oh, okay. I'm watching this, and um, you know, they kind of they kind of create a foil about the, the actual Chinese immigrant that comes to talk to President Bartlett first, where he's like uh-huh. giving pat answers, like, "Who's the Lord? You know, who's your?" Yeah, Priest who are like, the disciples? And it's like he feels very pat. And you yeah. can see Bartlett like sniffing it out. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like Sorkin's a genius, but he can't write religion. He doesn't <laughs> understand it. But he does. And then all of a sudden, this guy turns and he gives a very nuanced, heartfelt yeah. faith response. Yeah, where he says, which, like, you can't really test someone's faith by asking who the but, disciples are. But you know what the ultimate <laughs> fail is? No yeah. evangelical persecuted Christian in China or any else where in the world would know what shibboleth was. Yes. That's, well, that's what I thought was like the shibboleth feels way too on the nose. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it was it was storytelling at that point. I know the word shibboleth from, I guess, undergrad maybe. Yeah. But like definitely not any of my experiences in a church building. Right. Before. That. Yeah. No evangelicals are talking about shibboleth. No. No authentic missionary anywhere. Yeah, it's talking about, yeah. Yeah. Okay, one more observation. Okay. So I went back and I re-listened to, is it Bradley Whitford? Is that how you say the name? Uh-huh. Who plays Josh Lehman? Uh-huh. Because he was a guest on Armchair. Oh, oh, really? And I had heard it before I had watched the show. Mm-hmm. And now, because I bet 15 minutes. Was he minutes, promoting something or was he just? Uh, he hands made all the stuff he's done oh, recently. Yeah, he's in Handmaid's Tale. He so, was in Get Out, too. Yes, they talked about that. Um, but anyhow... Um, I, cause I, there are times you told me to watch the show with our staff in mind uh-huh. and because we kind of assign characters to our staff to the, yeah. you know, it's not, but like the one that I watch super intently is Richard Schiff who plays Toby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, 
And there send us all your guesses about who Toby would yeah, be. <laughs> there are some times uh-huh. where Toby's responses are so incredibly the same as whoever we think he is. <laughs> well, we can say <laughs> we think the, it's Jamie. Yeah, for Jamie. Where so this is what I wondered though. Uh-huh. I'm like, how does Sorkin so exhaustively write these characters consistently within the character? With the Enneagram in the back of my head. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the things that Woodford says is that one of Sorkin's geniuses is, is that he begins to write the characters around who the people actually are. Uh-huh. So then I thought, okay, granted that we're going to let there be a kind of ontology to the Enneagram, okay, because right. some people think it's astrology. But let's say it, it is what it is. You know what? Well, who another, says astrology can't be real? Yeah, there you go. Well, anyways, I was thinking um, Richard Schiff must absolutely have to be a five. A then, five. And that, that's who Toby is then. Yeah. So last observation. I think so. Um, he also, I think I told you I'm listening to the West Wing podcast uh-huh. um, with, oh yeah, still he's still not on there yet. His name's Josh Lyman. No, Josh Lyman is Bradley Whitford. His name is Josh Molina. And uh, he's he will be in later seasons, but he's not there yet. But um, they have Richard Schiff on a number of times. And I do think he's probably a five, but also he cries pretty regularly. Mm. Which I think is very interesting. That could be a second half of life thing. Yeah, definitely so. Um, okay, Taylor, uh-huh. guess what it's time for? Is it time for the quiz? Take a quiz! <laughs> Great. This is going to be... So excited. This is similar to the other one where... No, it's not similar. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I have a series of like 30 Christmas carols okay. that have been reassigned alternative names. Great, I love it. And then you have to decode them and tell me the Christmas carol. Okay. Do you want an example? Yes. Hey... Approach all you who are steadfast. Oh, come all you faithful. Ding, 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 ding. Are okay. you ready? Yeah. Ecstasy toward the orb. Joy to the world. Hush the foretelling spirits harmonize. <laughs> what? Hush the foretelling spirits. Yeah. Harmonize. Hark the herald angels sing? Yes. Okay. Hey, municipal urban area southwest of Jerusalem. <laughs> a little town of Bethlehem. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say this right. Quiescent nocturnal period. Quiescent? Quiescent. Quiescent. Nocturnal period is night. Oh, silent night. Us, the autocratic triumvirate. Triumvirate. There you go. Um, one more time. Us, the autocratic triumvirate. Pirate. Us? We Three Kings? Yeah. Okay. The primary holiday. I didn't get that one. The primary holiday? Yeah. The first Noel. Yeah. Embellish the corridors. Deck the halls. I wonder if I'm giving inflection that helps give it away, am I? I'd imagine. Reading um, it out loud, hearing it out loud is like different than yeah. just reading Okay. It. I'm fantasizing concerning a blanched yuletide. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. During the time, ovine caretakers supervise their charges. <laughs> During the time, ovine caretakers supervise their charges. Shepherds. Yeah, I got that part too. <laughs> um, but I couldn't remember the name of the song. I don't know the song that it's. I don't think it's called this. One more time. During the time, ovine caretakers supervise their charges. While shepherds yeah. watch their flocks at yeah. night? Well, watch their flocks. While shepherds watch Okay. Shepherds. Travel to high places and relate it. 
Go tell it on the mountain. Yep. The thing manifested itself at midpoint of a transparent pure, uh, transparent. It came upon a midnight clear. What offspring abides thus? What child is this? Removed in a bovine feeding trough. Away in a major. Valentino the rosate probscis caribou. <laughs> Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. I'm sure I pronounced them. The diminutive percussionist lad. The little drummer boy. My auditory nerves perceive the chimes on December 25th. My. I don't know this title either. The auditory chimes. You know that. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Yeah. What song is that? Can you sing? I heard the bells on Christmas Day there. Na 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 carols play. And loud and sweet the bells repeat. Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I don't know that one. Seraphim we orally detected in the stratosphere. Angels we have heard on high. Icy personage. <laughs> uh, icy personage. This took me. I, yeah, I didn't get this one because I misread personage as parsonage. Oh, oh, reasonable. Icy personages. Personages. <laughs> Why can't I say it? Personages. Icy personages. No, no, no S. Just personages. Personage. 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 Icy yeah. personage. Cold person. I don't know. Frosty the snowman. Okay. I thought it might be something to do with that, but... I apprehended my maternal parent osculating with a corpulent... I unsha- saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Well, let me finish it for the listener. Okay. Unshaven male in crimson disguise. <laughs> Creator, take pause, you cheerful sirs. <laughs> uh, God. Creator. Take care? Cheerful sirs. God take God pa. rest you, merry gentlemen. My only Utah desire is anterior dental work. <laughs> <laughs> um, my only oh, uh, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, snowy seasons, imaginary place of awe. Snowy seasons. Um, imaginary place of awe. <laughs> Oh, um, is it walking in a winter wonderland? Winter wonderland. It's yeah. just winter wonderland. All right. Slightly less than a fortnight of Noel. I didn't get this one. Mostly because I couldn't think of Fortnite as any other than my son's video game. Um, the 12 days of Christmas? Yes. Okay. Father Christmas approaches the metropolis. <gasps> Santa Claus is coming to town. Ancient benevolent despot. Ancient benevolent despot. Oh. Ancient benevolent despot. No, I don't know. I can't think of the words. Oh, good king. Oh, yes. Uh, good king wins this last. Yep. Hey, hallowed post meridium. Hey. <laughs> Hallowed post meridian? Meridium. Meridium? Yeah. I can't think of what that word means. Um, post meridium must be uh, past the day. Past the hey, day. Hey, hallowed past the day. Hey. I don't know. Oh, holy night. Oh, holy night. Group salutations for a happy Noel. Merry Christmas to all. Gr- no. Group salutations. Uh, Not I, but 
You. Group. Third person. Y'all. No, not third person. <laughs> Second person? First person plural. First person plural. We, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. My Seniors, brain has like shut down. Well, you've like. done really good though. There's only a few left. Group. No. Senior citizen broadsided by a horned mammal. <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Cur- I don't know. I'm going to say this word. Create tintanabulations. Create? Create. Oh, create. Tintanabulations. I bet that, um, I bet Todd Meehan would get this. <laughs> drums? Let me do a drums. Percussion. Oh, um, something, no. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Yep. Okay, Visage is starting to very much resemble Yuletide. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Okay, Yuletide, please refrain refrain from tardiness. Christmas, don't be late. Yeah, it's a chipmunk song. Good job. I didn't know that one. All right, three left. Sterling Dingers. Silver Bells. My sight organs focused on a trio of sailing vessels. (laughs) I saw three ships come sailing in. Last one. Burnett of Chimes. Burnett? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about bells again. I don't know what Burnett is. Oh, Heart Call the Bells. Carol of the Bells. Carol of the Bells. All right, Taylor, thanks for playing. Take a quiz. Hey, Take you know what we quiz. do? We want to now break for a, um, a word from our sponsors. Yeah. Taylor, can I tell you um, something that always gives me great joy to know that it's right here in Waco, Texas. Yes, please. World Hunger Relief. Woohoo. More colloquially known as the farm. Uh, it was funny. I went to a, a thing a few years ago that Jonathan Grant, the director, was hosting. And he says, it's not the World Hunger Farm. We don't sell hunger. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Good so point. it's World Hunger Relief, known as the farm. The Hunger Farm, as I will call it, is a cutting-edge organization committed to alleviating uh, food insecurity and malnutrition mm-hmm. through sustainable agriculture and community development. Very cool. The farm does make amazing things like educate individuals across the nation on how to a sustainable farm and partner with th- places like the Waco Family Health Center to prescribe healthy foods as a medical solution. Isn't that a genius Ooh, idea? That's really cool. We sponsored them to do that a few times. Oh my gosh. They also do a good bit of community organizing by inviting Wacoans for fun activities on the farm. Have you ever done any of those? I never have, but I know a lot of people that have and it's always really cool stuff. World Farm Day. I love it because it's the closest I can get to the Wendellberry right here in Waco, Texas. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. So if you'd love to be a partner in some world-changing issues, consider supporting the World Hunger Relief and their mission. You can check them out at www.worldhungerrelief.org or call them at 254-799-5611. That's 254-799-5611. Very cool. Taylor, I love H-E-B. Love, 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 love of H-E-B. Course. Do you yeah. love H-E-B? I love H-E-B. It's probably my favorite grocery store. And sometimes I feel sad for people who can't shop at H-E-B. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. I didn't know uh, I could possibly have this kind of affection for um, a grocery store chain. Right. Um, and you know what? Their preparedness and execution during COVID has only made me love them more. I know. Truly. They're so prepared and smart. But you know what? This isn't a promo for H-E-B. It's not? No. This is a promo for the Jubilee Food Market down the street from us. Oh, yeah. Not only is it solving food desert problem right here in the Singer Heights neighborhood, it's providing high-quality, ethically raised organic products. It's super easy to get in and out of. Yeah. Need butter? I hop on my scooter, fly down the street, and get out without waiting in lines. But you know what I love most about the Jubilee Food Market? What? I love that I know exactly where my produce is coming from. Mm -hmm. Urban Reap, the -the state-of-the-art aquaponics growing facility, is right next door. 
Now, so not only am I supporting a great local business, I'm making my body healthier in a way that's a win for me and the environment. Woohoo! So if you need to do some uh, shopping for quality products grown right here in Waco, stop by Jubilee Food Market at 1505 North 15th Street or call them to check in to see if they have what you need at 254-537-1306. That's 254-537-1306. Go now! Okay, we're back. And Taylor and I are so excited about (laughs) an attempt called Christmas Around Waco. Yes. Where we are going to cold call Uh random individuals to see if they will talk to us on like five minute segments about the Christmas season. Yeah, maybe less than five. Are you ready? Maybe more. Who could could know? Who should we do? Should we do Marty first? Okay. Should I call Marty? Yeah, put, put, I don't think she'll answer an unidentified number. Yeah, do you know? Um, let's see if Marty answers. She's going to be heartbroken if she doesn't answer. And then listen. Well, say call us back or whatever. Okay. okay. You got us on speaker? Yeah. What are we at? What? Hey. Hi, Marty. What you doing? Well, we are currently recording the podcast. Uh-huh. So you're And Marty, on- you're on the podcast. You're on the podcast right now. <laughs> Marty, this is a little segment called Christmas in Waco, even though you're our Dallas correspondent. Yeah. Okay. So we just wanted to talk some about Christmas. Okay. Marty, which of your children do you think would make the best elf? <laughs> the best what? Elf. Ooh. I, I have an opinion. <laughs> what do you think? I think Jacob. He's so well, tall, but he's so quiet and helpful, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the tallness is the only count against him. But I guess he... Well, but, I mean, Buddy and Elf was tall. That's true. That's so true. Great point, Marty. What a great point. Marty coming back with a strong point. Yeah, great point. Marty, what's your favorite Christmas carol? (sighs) Oh, um, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, and I'll start crying. Whoa, that's the song I didn't know that you decoded. That's so great. Yeah. Marty, would you sing it for us over the phone? No. Marty, why do you have an emotional response to that one? Um, it was my mother's favorite uh, Christmas carol. Oh, wow. Well, Topsy. that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thanks well, for giving us that I mean, vulnerability. Marty crying is... Um... <laughs> it's a daily occurrence, yeah. if not multiple times a day. <laughs> well, that just means you're in touch with your emotions, Marty. What a Christmas gift you gave us. Yes, thanks, Marty. <laughs> Marty, what are you going to get Taylor for Christmas? Ooh. Uh, she already knows her big present. Uh-huh. What is it? Um, I don't actually know. Okay. An Apple Watch. Uh, uh, oh, oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. I do know that. An Apple Watch. Oh, wow. Marty, um, did you get my Christmas list? Marty? <laughs> well, first of all, Marty just the other day was like, who wants an Apple Watch? And we were like, excuse me? And she was like, there's just Apple Watches. I love that you did that, Marty. Marty is a very kind gift giver. Marty, can you go to the BMW dealership and have the same kind of moment <laughs> for me? She, um, I don't think so. Marty, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Oh, Christmas movie. Oh, um, you know, the one. Uh, White Christmas? No. Well, that's the one we watch every year. Every time, <laughs> every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Oh, oh miracle good, on Thirty yeah. Fourth Street. No, no. Oh, wonderful life. It? Oh, it's a wonderful life. Uh, Marty, I'm it's with a wonderful you. Life. Yeah. That's like you know, that's not just a Christmas favorite. That's like in my top ten movies. Wait, say that again. Sorry. 
I said it's not just a favorite Christmas movie. It's like in my top ten movies. Yes, yes. It really is one of my top movies of all time. Well, Marty, do you have a Christmas message for us before we hang up with you? (laughs) Wow, put me on the spot. Yeah, well, we like doing that. Everybody really has a chance to spend time with family and relax this year because it's just been a really tough year. Oh, that's sweet, Marty. That's a good word. That is. Also, I have one more question. Okay. What's what's your favorite Christmas tradition? Mm, Good one. Oh, you know that one, Taylor. Yeah, It happens on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Well, I'm Making in the dark. monkey bread. Making monkey bread. Oh, are, is that those sticky buns? Is that uh-huh. what? Okay, yeah. another Texas term, I think. We make them every year. They're so good. Why is that your favorite like tradition? Is it the ritual of being together? It, we've been doing it since the kids were little. Yeah. And it's just something, you know, we go to church on Christmas Eve, we go have dinner, and then we mm. go home and everybody like gets at the kitchen table and I melt butter and stir up cinnamon and sugar and... Yeah. And the girls and Jacob sit there and, you know, roll the, roll the pieces of dough and throw them in the pot. It's and pretty it's just fun. fun. It sounds lovely, Marty. It's it is very um, picturesque, I think. <laughs> Except we're normally all just like um, fighting. But I think that's our family vibe, even if we don't want it to be. <laughs> we're never angry, just like you know, having a conversation yeah. or whatever. Okay, well, Marty, thanks for talking to us on the podcast. Thanks for being our Dallas correspondent. Sure. Um, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. I love you very much. I love you very much. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. bye See you, Marty. Thanks for talking to us. Uh-huh. Hello. Greetings. It is I. <laughs> Jameson, um, I'm here with Josh. Hello, Josh. And we are currently recording our podcast. Oh, nice. Jamie, this is an episode called uh, Christmas in Waco. Oh. Yeah. Jamie, if you're very annoyed that we've cold called you about Christmas to be on our podcast, please don't show it. <laughs> <laughs> we just what? we just wanted to ask you some questions about Christmas. Okay. And your experience with Christmas. So we are, uh, we are on the podcast. We are, yeah. Yeah, so you have to filter your language. He said, yeah, Jamie's the one of us who really needs to think <laughs> about filtering his that's, language. That's, I did, uh, that's one of the reasons I asked. Continue. Okay. Jamie, what's your favorite Christmas movie? My favorite Christmas movie? Yeah. Uh, Cast Away. Last <laughs> <laughs> question. Okay. Um, what is your favorite uh, Christmas tradition? Uh birth of jesus christ i don't know good one um i really i really like uh going to tennessee at christmas um i'm not gonna do that this year so i'm gonna have to find something better yeah find a better christmas now jamie do you like the like the and i'm making assumptions about basically hallmark movies but i'm assuming like tennessee has these very pretty country christmas sites do you get into those or do those not exist where you go um i mean there's a there's more variations in elevation in tennessee than there are here so like just immediately you've got more uh things that feel like sights especially if it snows yeah more christmasy looking vibes yeah yeah 
That makes sense. Yes, thank you. Hey, Jamie, since we got you on the horn here, would you take a few minutes to, to promo the Advent EP and just tell us a little bit about the putting it together and recording it and maybe where people can find it? Uh, yes. Um, so it's an Advent EP. <laughs> that is uh, a couple of songs that were written for Advent over the past few years and then some that were written more recently. Most of them uh, are in... Uh, Advent songs that can have a life outside of just Advent, which I'm a fan of. Um, yeah. We recorded one of them uh, last December, right after we released Volume 2, mm. and that was our first uh, recording endeavor, like not in the Astro Studio, and uh, we did it in like a week, and it was a breakneck pace and a crash course, but it was a lot of fun. So anyway, that we uh, revisited that a little bit for this thing, but we uh, have been recording it um, since like this summer. We tracked it all at the church, either in the sanctuary, the piano room, or my office. Cool. Um, Andy had a baby uh, in the middle of tracking bass, um, mm-hmm. and then he couldn't track bass anymore. But uh, old Jack Parker uh, tracked bass for two of the songs. Yeah, a real champion. Very yes. talented. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, Mr. Ryan Higgs did the, the mixing. Very cool. Uh, which is what he does for a job now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, anyway, so we uh, it's our first thing we've done all ourselves. And I'm very happy with it. I'm excited to do more things. Um, it's just a, when you're doing everything, it's uh, sometimes more tedious. But there's really just uh, it opens up a lot of doors for more fun, too. Yeah, I'd um, imagine you might feel more um, fulfillment in the product you get, maybe. Yeah, it's um when I mean it's sort of a catch twenty two because on the one hand you're more fulfilled, on the other hand by the time, I'd say the more things that you have to do for the project, the less you really want to listen to it when it actually <laughs> releases. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that makes so sense. Much. And, um, so yeah, but I, I think that we're all really proud of it. Um, and yeah, uh, as for where you can find it, you can find it uh, anywhere that you get your digital music. It does not exist in a hard copy. Oh. So like Bandcamp and iTunes or what? Uh, yeah, Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify. And what so should people ask like who takes the lowest cut? That's definitely a Bandcamp. Okay. Um, that that would be for this would be a good rule for uh, any artist you want to support. Bandcamp is usually going to be every other outlet in terms of the amount of money that actually gets with artists. That's good to know. Yeah, good to know. Yes, Jamie, what should they search? You search for uh, UBC Music. Gotcha. Um, and the the CP is called the Magnificat EP, but all of our stuff is on there. Very cool. I, on Bandcamp, it's ubcwaco.bandcamp.com because UBC oh. Music is um, uh, some gentleman was already sitting on that name. I would not advise you to go to his page. Okay, good to know. Very good to know. Um, that's good. I hope everyone goes and listens to it because it's very good. I've listened well, to it you. multiple times. You're welcome. Uh, and everyone should go listen to it. But outside of um, those songs, Jamie, what is a Christmas song that you really love? Or an Advent song, I suppose. Although there aren't mm. very many Advent songs. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Um, so now we have way more because of you. Yeah. Okama Come Manual is probably... Uh, my favorite Advent song, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people think of that as a Christmas song, so maybe that could be both. Yes. In general, I, I'm not super jazzed about Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the reasons are probably uh, many, um, 
and uh, we don't need to get into that. But no, uh, Manchester Orchestra released the Christmas album um, on Friday that oh. is very good. Okay. Uh, there are now there are now two Christmas albums I like. There's that one, and then uh, Dave Bazan has one called Dark Sacred Night. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that all sounds pretty par for the course. Yeah, he has a uh, God rest you, man, gentleman. Ooh. And I don't remember what he, which part of it he rewrote. I just know the line is like, sipping Christmas whiskey, wondering if I still believe. And that just feels like, I don't know, one of the, one of the most fitting things for the tone of like this time of year where, yeah, you know, the the light is very thin and few and far between. Yes, and, it uh, resonates. You know, I don't know. So that's uh, those are my thoughts on that. I love that. I love that, and I do think Advent is such a particular time and i love that i love that we spend time talking about it and doing it because i think i just think it's such an important part of the calendar that doesn't always get talked about in like in like real ways do you know what i mean like some people are like i don't know i don't want to bag on anybody so maybe we won't yeah but um i mean i think for for me maybe a, a positive way to talk about the importance of advent that i found is that uh there's an N.T. Wright quote that um, in years past we've read, like first week of Advent, he's talking about Christmas. He's like, you know, Christmas is lighting a candle. And yeah. you don't really light a candle in a well-lit room, uh, if for light at least. He's uh, like, you light a candle in a room that is just like so dark that the smallest spark is going to illuminate something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, by, by proxy, Advent becomes this time where you can look around and notice the room as it is and how badly it needs a light um so yeah. i think absent that it's not that like christmas won't be significant but um when you add that into the, the puzzle this is um a uh can be a, a thing that makes this more than just like oh well, this is like little baby jesus yeah you know being born in a manger yes yeah exactly that it's like well, and I think it speaks a lot to what we can do as people, right? Like the things we are doing might seem small, but in the relative sense, like let in the relative sense of like what the world is right now, we yeah. can do small things, and those things can be meaningful. Precisely. Okay. Well, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for talking to us about Christmas and Advent, and for you know just being on the podcast and watching your language. Obviously, a big concern. Yeah. This was such a surprise. I just wasn't wasn't even expecting this. Um, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad it happened because I realized that I don't have like an elevator pitch for the uh, for the EP, <laughs> the EP, but I am doing a, a on a podcast that is not a UBC podcast on Friday, and probably need to develop one. Some room works. So it's just prep work. Yeah, we're just so trying thanks to for that. trying to help you out. <laughs> yeah, much appreciated. Okay, well, thanks, Jamie. All right, but hey, uh, what's uh, who's your guest this week? Oh, we're just cold calling people for Christmas. Yeah, we've talked so far. Oh. We've talked to Marty and we talked to you. So you're our guest. Oh, that's cool. Um, you should call Jacob Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> to talk to him about Christmas? Yeah, he'll probably be like just walking down the street okay. in New York and then be very caught off guard and then it'll be great. Okay, okay, okay. We'll see. All I right. don't have his number. I think Josh might though. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Jamie. Right, bye. Bye. Okay, I've got one. Okay. I'm going to try Leslie King. Okay. I don't know Leslie King. Leslie King is the pastor at First Presbyterian. Okay. All the people are trying at professional lives and can't just take phone calls in the middle of the day. They are just sitting around. Hey, Josh. What are you doing? Oh, my gosh. She answered. <gasps> wow. I did. Le- Leslie. I didn't. Well, I'm glad you did. Do you have five minutes? Uh, yes. 
I'm okay. getting ready for this kind of intense panel discussion at four. So, um, Leslie, I have the perfect the- thing to prep you for the discussion. <laughs> that's such bullshit. What are so, you doing? Well, there it is. I was going to tell you, you're on speakerphone. We're recording our latest podcast. I can edit that out if you want. Yeah. Um, so we are uh, cold calling people for to talk about um, Christmas in Waco. For just a couple yep. minutes. So I'm here with our children's and families, Pastor Taylor and me. Okay. So um, tell everybody what you do. So we're doing a tiered Christmas Eve service. Um, is that what you're talking about? Or no, you, I want to know uh, about you. I don't care about what your church is doing. <laughs> well, uh, I'm doing well. I'm just fine. No, no. Like, what do you, what do, you do? You're, what's your job? You are the pastor. Give us a quick intro. I'm yeah. the pastor head of staff at First Pres Waco. Leslie, do you First think that... Presbyterian. Do you think I would be a good Presbyterian? <laughs> Yep, I've thought that for a while. What would be my best asset as a Presbyterian? I, what's your like? What's a lay committee that I could be on at your church? Um, you would be really good. Um, you're you're a very good theologian, Josh. Oh very well, true. I think you're overselling you me. Well, thank you. You are. You're more 17th century than I am. You know more about all that than well, me. So you know, Presbyterians love that. I think I might um, be just a little antiquated, is what that means. <laughs> That's not what that means. That okay. means you are um, an appreciator of tradition. Well, thank you. Leslie. And that, you know, we're all about that. Can I tell you one uh, one of the reasons I'm jealous of you? Um, sure. I just think your church is so beautiful, and I bet it's even more beautiful during the Christmas season. Less is more in this building. Ooh. Well. Love that. See, I'm learning all kinds of things. Yeah. You yeah, do have so, a beautiful building. So Christmas, Christmas can easily be more. Um, Leslie, what's your favorite gospel Christmas story? I guess I'm comparing Luke and Matthew. Which one do you like better? Um, I like Matthew because the genealogy has like Rahab and Ruth. Oh my gosh. Guess what I'm doing this month, Leslie? What? I'm preaching on the women in Matthew's genealogy for Advent. Yep. It's pretty great. It is great. The men are pretty great too, though. Uh, in the, in the genealogy? Yeah, you gotta love some Boaz. Oh yeah, you gotta love. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing for Advent? Are you using the lectionary? Nope. Oh, what are you doing? I am doing a Nicodemus Christmas starting next week. Oh, oh you're God. so creative. And That's so cool. What? I said you're so creative. Apes love that shit, Josh. <laughs> hey Leslie, um, what is uh, what's your your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, I don't. I definitely don't have one. Okay. Christmas Carol? Um, I definitely don't have one. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> do least... you not have many favorites? What now? Taylor asked, do you not have many favorites? It, that might be true of me. Well, you're an Enneagram 8. Yep. Uh, Leslie. Are you going to edit out that other bad word I said? Uh, if you want me to, I will. I think it's kind of endearing, and it's not like we have any listeners who will be offended. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I trust your read of your crowd. What next? Um, are, are you going to get to see all your kids, or your kids over the holidays? Yes. My, my son will choose to come home for one day. Well, that's better than and nothing. It is, and I'm super happy he loves his life. So, yes, we will see them all. Uh, Leslie, tell me of all the things you've bummed that COVID has done to your life that you're the most bummed about the canceling of the Carney clergy Christmas party. <laughs> that wasn't a question. No, it was a, it was an imperative. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. Of course, of course I missed that. But yeah. 
Thank you. But I take it. But that's not the thing I miss the most. What's what do you miss the most? Visiting my people at their bedsides before they die. Oh, well, you just really gave this some focus that I'm sure. And I've seen your love for your people. I'm not surprised at all that you said that. So I got I got to say that. Yeah. Well, Leslie, thanks so much for tuning in. We love hearing your voice. You're such a rock star. And um, I'm so grateful you're my friend. Me too, Josh. And, you know, I feel like the first thing you asked me, uh-huh. I never answered. Which was? So you can make up a question. For, you can make up an answer. For what it. was? What, what did I ask I don't you? remember what it was. We'll have to go back and edit it. <laughs> Leslie, thanks so much for picking up your phone and good luck with your four o'clock. I love what you do. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Kareem, you didn't swear. That's so great. Kareem. <laughs> you were, well, I was talking to Joe. We were up for an hour and a half, so. Hey, Kareem. That was a good word. So you're What's on up? speakerphone with Taylor is in the room because we're cold calling people for Christmas for our episode. Yeah. Okay. So, Kareem, we thought you'd be a great guest. Yeah. Okay. Kareem, tell us, uh, what's your favorite Christmas tradition? Oh, my favorite. So this, this is so kind of weird. But one thing that my family does is on Christmas Eve, we get hot wings from KFC and make chips and queso. And we just cook that around 12 o'clock and then we snack on that all day because my mom is in the kitchen cooking. I love that, Kareem. That's one of my my favorite things that we do. I love love that that so much, Kareem. That's so fun. Kareem, can you hear? Yeah, it is fun. Can you hear Taylor okay? I did hear. Yeah, I heard Taylor say that's so fun. Thank you, Taylor. Of course. Uh, I think that's my favorite thing that we do. I really enjoy that. Kareem. What's your favorite thing about me? That doesn't have anything to do with oh. Christmas. <laughs> you know what, Josh? I love that you're so humble. It's never <laughs> about you. It's always about other people. <laughs> Cream, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, you know what? Uh, it's, it's called uh, Prep and Landing. It's about elves. Yeah, like, it's it that. Me on my whole elf theme. It was a ABC Christmas special years ago. Oh. It's yeah. about two elves. It's a great one. I yes, I love it. I watch it every. I watch that every year. That one, and uh, I think one of my new favorite one is also is Polar Express. Saw it for the first time last year. Loved it. Cried at it. That was the first time you saw it. Is last year? Yeah, and I own it. I own it on DVD, but I've never opened it. And we okay. saw it last year in the movie theater, and I loved it. It's a great. It's a great movie too. Well, Kareem, um, what's your favorite Christmas song? She's got some soul and she sings, doesn't yeah. she? She does. Yeah. I listened to it this morning when I was working out. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, well, Cream, do you have any Christmas questions for us? Uh, Taylor, what yeah. is the best gift that you ever got that you have, you've ever received? The best Christmas? gift I ever received for Christmas? Well, yes. I, I'm not very good at remembering far into the past or anything. Um, but I will say that the thing that made me the most excited I've ever been on, like, Christmas morning was a few years ago, Kathleen got me tickets to an Ariana Grande concert. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was just, like, so surprised. I had no clue. And it was just really exciting. So 
I mean, I've gotten like more meaningful gifts than that, but that was meaningful because like it proved that she knows me. Do you know what I mean? So I was yes. just really excited. So yeah, that was fun. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, hey, Josh, what do you want Santa Claus to bring you this year for Christmas? Um, a winning lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Not you. Don't want him to bring you one million dollars. You would prefer a lottery ticket. Well, okay, if he can match the Mega Millions, it's up to like 208 right now, though. Okay, I don't think okay. he can do that. No, I want, I, I, um, I don't know, like a pair of um, like salmon running shoes or something. Okay. Okay. That's good. So, all right, Cream, thanks for letting us cold call you on it was either this or. All right. Yeah, have a good day. Merry you Christmas. Too. Bye, Cream. Merry Christmas. available okay calling waco's waco into the year jackson grapes waco's waco into the year are we is the thing on yeah we're recording i didn't know sorry not a big deal hey carney what's going on man jackson i feel like i'm taking advantage of our friendship and even placing a phone call uh all right if you didn't, it would upset me. What's well, up? <laughs> just wait for the reason I'm calling. Um, so <laughs> uh, you got five minutes? Uh, for you always, yes. Okay, so I'm recording my podcast, and we're doing an episode where we cold call Waco wins that we love to talk about Christmas for a second. So uh, uh, can, can you answer a few questions for me and my co-host, Taylor? <laughs> Am I being recorded right now? Oh, yeah, you're live. <laughs> oh, lovely. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I feel like you'll thrive uh, in this moment. Okay, I, I, uh, so so being live right now means that like I'm actually being um, it's not recorded. It's actually being uh, whatever on on the air. Well, I may have oversold that. We're recording you. Yeah. We can we can edit oh, this okay. if you okay. feel like you screw up. So Jackson, okay. um, we want to just yes. say a few things. Uh, number one, what's your uh, what's your favorite Christmas song? Oh, uh, oh um, I have so many. Um, I, it's probably Christmas Unicorn. By Sufjan Stevens. Okay, that was uh, one out of left field. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you got a favorite Christmas uh, movie? Um. So there's an old. I can't find it. There's an old um, uh, uh, Christmas Carol that we grew up watching. It terrified me as a kid, but I oh, loved yeah. it um, because the end was just so jubilant. Um, and uh, and Ebenezer Scrooge. I think it was. Um, Sir Walter Scott? Does that sound right? Yeah, I think you're right. I I think there I think that's who it was. But when we were kids, we watched it every Christmas Eve, and it scared the pants off of me. But um, and I loved it all the same. Hey, Jackson. Yes. My name's Taylor. I'm Josh's co-host, and uh, hi, Taylor. I was just wondering if you uh, have like a favorite Christmas tradition that you do every year. Um. Well, uh, um, we uh, historically have uh, driven to Abilene, uh-huh. and, um, and my, my parents are in Abilene. My wife, my wife's parents are in Abilene, and uh, so when I, I married an Episcopalian, I inherited a lot of really rich liturgical traditions, yeah. and um, uh, we are, we're not active Episcopalians, but uh, right now, uh, but. But uh, but I still, when we go to Abilene, we get to um, kind of participate in the, the long Kelly family, um, long-standing Kelly family uh, Christmas 
tradition. So we go to the Christmas Eve service uh, at Church of the Heavenly Rest in Abilene, which is a beautiful uh, service where you really feel the uh, the longing and the anticipation of, of the kind of the Advent, and then the culmination of kind of the um, the, the silent night, um, which is like the last hymn, and yeah. the candles are lit, and we you know share a candle from one to the other, and so you're in this beautiful dark you know um, gothic structure, and there's candles and beautiful uh, acapella singing um, that fills the the sanctuary with silent night and it's just a very touching um, moment uh, every year yeah that sounds beautiful now jackson help me with this Um, i know your father-in-law and i admire him and he's the one who informed me what's the relationship between the fellow that designed that church in abilene and the national cathedral is it one and the same or yeah, same architect, same architect. Yeah, I'm so uh, good stock there. No wonder it's beautiful. So, Jackson, uh, the other reason I wanted to, to get you to pick up the phone is uh, you have been a tremendous resource in this community yeah. uh, since March. And if I, Lindsay was telling me it, you won a, a Waco of the Year, is that right? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. You are the Waco <laughs> of the Year. And who who awarded that get uh, that recognition? I know you're trying to be humble, but uh, just tell us. Waco Tribune Herald. Hmm. Well, it was the Waco Tribune Herald. So, Jackson, we just wanted to say from our small corner of the universe, we're grateful for you yes. and the leadership you've given Waco in just such a tumultuous year and the uh, the Family Health Center and what you guys do for our community. So thanks so much for picking up the phone, and Merry Christmas. Uh, well, Merry Christmas to you guys, and uh, glad for the work y'all are doing. It's, uh, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> Not uh, quite as significant talk- as yours, but we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I think what what I'm I feel like the honor mostly these days goes to our, our frontline workers who are working, you know, in godless hours and uh, putting their own health at risk by caring for those who who have COVID um, and and are doing it selflessly in a, in a just a enduring beautiful way. So I think if if we could redirect all of our honors in the season, it should probably go to uh, those folks who are in the ICUs and in the clinics um, and uh, who are taking care of those who are um, who are sick with COVID. So. Well, uh, there's space enough on our podcast to celebrate all of you, so uh-huh. we will do that. Uh-huh. Great. Great. <laughs> all right. Thanks, friend. Please do. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye, Josh. Bye. Bye. Kathy, you answered. Yeah, I did. So I just want you to know before you swear anything that you are um, you're on speakerphone with me and Taylor and recording the latest episode of it was either this or. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> we're uh, we're cold Hi, calling. Kathy. That was Taylor. Did you hear? Uh yes, okay. I could hear a little bit. Okay, so we're cold calling people for Christmas just to talk about Christmas. We should say, too, okay. you're the actual mother of our sports correspondent, yeah. Elliot Cry. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> okay. Kathy, um, what's your favorite part of Christmas? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I think my favorite part of Christmas as a parent is giving gifts to my kids. Aww. Oh, that's sweet. Um, yeah, because it's just super fun, and it's like as a, on the parent side of it, you realize that you get a hand in kind of creating the magic that you experience as a kid, and you realize actually how much work it creates, <laughs> it takes to create some of that magic. Um, but it's also really rewarding. So, um, 
Kathy, do you have a favorite Christmas song or hymn or carol? Oh yeah, I do. It's um, it's the one about a river. Shoot, what's it called? You want a river to sail away on? Oh yeah, uh, Joni Mitchell River. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that song is so beautiful. Wait, it's a Christmas song. Um, yeah. Is it like the Enya Sail Away song? No. No. <laughs> hey, Kathy. It was in The Politician. Yes. It was in The Politician? Where? We're talking about a TV show now, Kathy. Um, I mean, I think of it as a Christmas song. I yeah. Christmas no, no, no. Album. Don't, don't be confused by my confusion. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just very culturally illiterate in so many ways. It's and like, I just. It says it's coming around Christmas. They're cutting down trees. Yep, that's it. Oh wow! Look at that. Singing songs of joy and peace. Kathy, um, we're contem- We're also should be mindful that you're our boss, and so um, <laughs> as our boss, if you could give us each um, an undisclosed amount of money for a Christmas bonus, <laughs> oh my God. which staff member would you pick? Wait, only one of us. Only one yeah, staff member gets it. Yeah, let me. You only can give it to one staff member. Who would you give it to? Yeah, see, that's, nope, nope, not gonna, not gonna walk into that trap. Those that's why Kathy's are not. When would that ever be reality? <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to make the interview really interesting. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. Just trying to, to get me on, on the record. Okay, let me downgrade it then. Kathy, who's your favorite person on staff? Oh my gosh, Kathy, you don't have to answer any of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> you're all you're all my favorite. Wow. Well, that's very sweet of you Again, and, and is, diplomatic. This is why Kathy's the boss. Remember, I'm a parent, so yeah. I, yeah. I know what it's like. She knows how to do Did the, the level of maturity of my questions invoke that response from you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kathy, do you have a uh, we haven't asked yes. this one yet. Do you have a favorite Christmas food? <gasps> a favorite Christmas food. Hmm. That's a really good question. I mean, I definitely do for Thanksgiving. I was talking about this the other day with a friend that Christmas doesn't really have like a, a menu yeah. per se for the holiday. Like That's it true. It seems like there's a lot of room for variance. Um, but I would probably say cinnamon rolls just because that's mm. our Christmas day tradition. Yes. Yeah. Like we make them the night before and then get up that morning and like put them in the oven before we even go to do presents and tree and Santa time and then about the time the living room is full of trash and paper and new presents and the cinnamon rolls are ready and so yes, we always Kathy, call it that tradition. That's what we do too but we make monkey bread the night before and then we put it in the oven while we open presents and then we eat breakfast or brunch really when we're done. It's my, yep. it's, such, it's just a fun way to like celebrate the day I think. It really is. It's the best. Yeah. Kathy where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up mostly in a tiny town um, just a few hours from here called Morgan Mill, Texas. In, about 300 people. In Morgan Mill, did they count it? call it monkey bread? <laughs> yes, they did. Maybe that's a Texas thing. I don't know. Did they not call it that where you grew up? I didn't hear of it until I moved down here, but you know what? I didn't hear of a lot of things until I moved down here. And Wisconsin's way smaller than Texas, so I won't claim kind of any kind of cultural superiority or anything. I was just curious. I hadn't heard of it. I mean, definitely not superiority. <laughs> okay, Kathy, thanks for being on the phone with us. You're such a great one. Yeah. All right. Uh, happy <laughs> Adventing thanks, and Merry guys. Christmas. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye, Kathy. Okay, you too. Bye. That was wow. fun. So great. Well, we better fun. wrap it up because yeah. people might be sick of hearing us talk to people on the phone. But that was – I love that. I hope they're not. I could call everybody and talk we should to them. Do that. Multi- we should do that about a bunch of things. Let's, let's commit to like three times a year doing cold calls. Okay. 
Good. I love it. So, yeah, and give us some feedback. Oh, you know what, though? Oh, yeah. Let's do one thing. Okay, let's do it. Uh, we had a review uh-huh. that I forgot to mention last week, and I almost forgot to mention this week. And that was from our good friend, Leanne Diaz, who is yeah, just the best. She really is. Her, the title of her review is one of my favorites, and she says, This podcast is a can't-miss-weekly spiritual practice for me. Aww. Whoa. That might be the most productive thing we've ever done as pastors. Truly, yeah, truly. <laughs> Partly because I want to keep up with UBC's culture and I feel slightly more hip than Josh. Wait a minute. <gasps> yes. Also, I anticipate a new drinking game based <laughs> on the time Taylor says, look at you while trying to gently encourage Josh's forays into pop culture. <laughs> Seriously, this is one of my favorites. Uh, Leanne, thanks for making, uh, making us laugh and thanks for reviewing us. I will say everyone else. The reviews, either rated or written, have sort of slowed down, and yeah. we are trying to inbreak into the media culture. So if you could go ahead and do that, that would make our life so special. Yes. So. Also, look at you is not a thing. I um, there I have a bunch of vocal tics. I'm you, like very aware. No, no. You, you know what your look at you is? What? It's it's bless your heart. Bless your heart. It is kind <laughs> of. Look at you. Look at you. Good job. Wow. But it's mostly a sincere bless your heart. Yeah, no, I've never been okay. uh, pushed the wrong way by it. But thanks um, to Leanne and Jackson <laughs> and Leslie King yeah. and Kathy Cry and Kareem Shane uh-huh. and Marty, Marty and Brother Jameson uh-huh. McGregor for telling us about your Christmas life. We yes. got some great, diverse, spicy answers. Yes, I loved it. It was so great. All right. Okay. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for listening. Bye, you guys.